Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. All women want the alpha male, right? Yes. And no. And maybe. Why do I give three answers to this question? Well, the reason is that there are so many definitions and understandings within pop culture of what an alpha male really is that it largely depends on how you think of what an alpha male is in the real world. So very much of our journey to become better men and to become more attractive to women is focused around this notion of becoming more alpha. That it, it becomes super critical that we know what alpha really is and what we're, we should actually be shooting for with women. So today I'm going to talk about uh, the psychology and the anthropology of the female sexual response to male dominance behaviors. And I think that it's quite possible you're going to learn something along this journey, something that you didn't expect you were going to discover. So keep watching to find out more. What do you picture when I mention the term alpha male? Do you picture a silverback gorilla fiercely beating his chest, scaring off all the beta males for miles around? Do you picture the alpha wolf with access to all the women and courageously leading the pack to safety every winter? There's something very satisfying about leaning in towards our barbaric selves and yelling our barbaric yelp from the, from the peaks. Right? There's something that's very mm, primal about that and that feels good. But let's use this example of the silverback gorilla alpha male and I'll use an example. Let's look at two American presidents, Donald Trump and Barack Obama. Between them, which is the biggest Chad? Probably Donald Trump. Between them, who exhibits more silverback gorilla behaviors? Probably Donald Trump. In fact, most definitely Donald Trump. And yet, if they were both equal looks, because let's face it, one of them is much better looking than the other. Sorry, Trumpy. But if there were equal looks, who do you think would be most attractive to women? The answer is likely going to be the Barack Obama <laughs> of the alpha male world. So why, 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 what is wrong with our model of the, the, the fierce, chad, chest-beating, posturing alpha male that actually can lead us to be less attractive than other counterparts? Well, to better understand what's going on with the alpha male term, because actually, like most things in the world, the term alpha male is much more complicated, especially when applied to humans than, than any other animal. In fact, alpha male is never used to talk about humans, but I know a lot of guys use it to, to mean a lot of different qualities in a man that can be attractive to women. So if we want to understand what's going to be attractive to women, what kind of qualities, the first place to look are our nearest ancestors. So if we start to look at primates, and if we look at our closest primate relatives, we're going to have to look at the bonobos and the chimpanzees. Now, what do we see when we look at these animals? Because they're both roughly equally distant cousins to us. So in the bonobo tribe, you probably know all about bonobos. They're very low aggression. They have a lot of sex, uh, and, and that really helps to lower the aggression levels. Um, because there's very little battle and war and, and, and infighting in bonobos, they resolve all the conflict with sex. Uh, you tend to have a lot more matriarchal-style society. Uh, 
there's promiscuous sex everywhere. So beta males, alpha males, everyone's getting lots of sex on the whole. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's one of our close cousins. <laughs> no alpha male specific behaviors applied very strongly there. But let's have a look at chimpanzees, which are also very close cousins of ours. These are much more aggressive primates, right? And you tend to have the, you get the, the, the alpha primate, uh, alpha chimpanzees. Um, are they the biggest and the strongest and the scariest? Sometimes. But interestingly, frequently, no, not always. You see, what generally creates a, a leader in a chimpanzee tribe is the male who has intelligence and guile and political, like, know-how, right? So you, you, what you t- tend to get is you get the males getting into power who create coalitions with other males. What do they do? They give bribes by way of food and things like that. They give camaraderie. They uh, give protection. They give sexual favors, too. <laughs> They'll go out and try to impress the women by kissing babies, literally. Um, and, and, and so you tend to see this behavior. It's very human-esque, political human-esque, to become power, powerful in a chimpanzee tribe. So it's not always the stereotyped alpha behaviors that get him there. He'll often employ stereotyped alpha males to protect him, right, from other males that would try to get in. He'll pay them off using different strategies. And every now and again, you'll also get a complete beta male becoming the man in charge in a chimpanzee society. And that's often done by an older alpha male who is no longer going to hold the role of power, um, but he still yields a large amount of power because he used to be the leader. And so he brings this this beta male into charge and becomes the head uh, chimpanzee, but he's not really the one in charge. So it's interesting that you see this going on. And the other thing you see within chimpanzee tribes, by the way, the leader of the chimpanzees, yes, he generally gets a lot of access to women, but the female chimpanzees don't only have sex with him. You frequently see them making themselves sexually available to other males on the side, less dominant, less alpha males, right? And there are strategies that the males often use, um, like showing that they are good caregivers for children, like being nice to children, saving children from getting hurt, all this kind of stuff they do, and they get sexually rewarded by the female chimpanzees. If you look at baboons, okay, and baboons have been extensively studied. Um, one of my favorite primatologists, Robert Sapolsky, did this, this whole study on baboon tribes. And what's interesting is that natively, like in, normally in the wild, baboons are fierce, aggressive, like really aggressive, right? The, the leader males are always the biggest, scariest, angriest, biggest uh, fangs in his mouth. Uh, and he will scare off all the other males, right? He is scary stuff. They're very aggressive animals. And yet, what do you still see? You still see the female baboons giving sex on the side to the beta males who help take care of the children. Um, Meanwhile, the alpha males are running around trying to scare off the beta males and stop them getting sexual access to the women. So even again, in these tribes, the women, yes, they primarily have sex with the alpha males, but that's more an act of aggression than their own personal preference. But more than that, what do we see in baboons, which is, this is a rare thing to spot in the wild, and it may well have happened with chimps as well, but... There's this famous example that Robert Sapolsky discovered where all the alpha males in a tribe were killed off because they discovered a dumpster full of food that was infected um, and dangerous. And of course, the alpha males got to eat first. And so they all died, leaving the beta males and the females left. And what happened was that this tribe formed a more uh, stereotyped beta male coalition that lasted for many, many generations until the study ended. And so what you had was you had a tribe all of a sudden where males with more beta traits, like child caring, and uh, you know, they were kinder to each other, kinder to the women, 
uh, high hyperaggression wasn't permitted by the women or the beta males, so they'd gang up on them and knock down any super aggressive males or any foreign males that would come in where the, the aggression was quickly beaten out of them. And you suddenly had this beta male tribe that lasted for many generations and just kept going on. And, and, and the, the, the baboons were perfectly happy. So why am I telling all this primate stuff? I'm telling all this primate stuff because what we see is that all primates are very sexually plastic. They can change. They, they may have sort of their default mode, but they can be attracted by different things. And, and in many, most primate tribes, even if they're paternal, even if they're patriarchal, you tend to get, the, the women still, still have sexual taste for beta males and males who aren't just the leader. And it's a thing that guys often overlook and don't think about when they think about primates or humans. Indeed, when we look at humans, at least in, let's look at the Western world for now, we see a lot of fetishization of the alpha male traits in men. And this has been largely perpetuated by religion and culture and all this other stuff. It's been a, a really important feature of our world. But if you look at, if you stretch out a little bit larger and you look from a distance, you'll see that what we're turned on by changes a lot um, from era to era. You know, if you were born hundreds of years ago, you would be all about really chubby Rubenesque women, right? Especially if they were uneducated, timid uh, and that follow your lead. That was like the ideal. If you were born in the 80s, you were probably going after skinny women with big, broad shoulder pads. If you were, if you were, sorry, not born, if you grew up in the 80s. If you grew up more in the 2000s, you're probably after women with shapely butts and, and larger thighs who are well-educated and opinionated. So what we find sexy in people, in men and women, I'm talking about the women here just because we're guys watching this channel, it changes over time based on what community tells us, based on a lot of features and factors. But what you often find as well is that the more alpha male traits, we see this anthropologically when we look um, across human history, the more warlike and dangerous a society is, the more the alpha male comes to be worshipped by men and women, right? These typical stereotyped aggressive, aggression, uh, anger, dominance, all this stuff tends to be what's sexualized because they're important. They're important to the survival of a war-like tribe. But when you have tribes without a lot of war, where, where life is peaceful and safe, you tend to get much more of a skew towards the more protection, intelligence, social mastery side of humanity and, and masculinity. So it's not fair to say that we are a warlike culture right now, even though there's still plenty of war. I mean, most of us have safe lives. And it's not fair to say that we're totally beta male driven safe lives. What you tend to see is that we live in a mishmash culture where you find that some women like the more sort of Chad style guy, especially younger women under 25 and other women really like the intelligence. They really like all these other attributes that could be considered softer. Um, and you get to you just get this general mishmash. It's not clear. You, you, it is not fair to say women just want the alpha male. It just doesn't add up. And it doesn't show up in psychological studies. No good psychological study these days even talks about alpha males because we don't think that humans are alpha male species. But when you do look uh, across all cultures and, and, and you look anthropologically and psychologically at what's going on, they do, you do tend to get five traits emerging that women do tend to find attractive in men. And some of these may feel a little alpha, and they certainly are, but not all of them. So let me go in. Trait number one is what we call agency. So women universally tend to like men who know what they want. They are not victims of their environment. So they say, this is what I want. I'm going to go out and get it. I'm in control of my universe uh, and my world, and I'm not a victim of circumstance. Agency. So they feel a sense of control over the world. 
The second thing seems to be familiarity and comfort with one's sexuality. So women universally tend to like men who know what they want in bed. Men who can say, this is what I want. This turns me on. There's no shame. They can make eye contact. They can look at a woman and feel. They can transmit, I want you badly, right? Women respond to this. They respond to a man who knows what he likes and wants in bed and can take control. So that's another one, right? Familiarity with sexuality. The third universal trait appears to be self-respect. Not just for yourself, but for your needs. So women respond well to a man who holds himself in high regard. Not just himself, but he makes sure that his own needs get looked after. One of the, one of the beta traits, uh, I, I put it in inverted commas because I hate using the terms alpha and beta, but one of those what guys typically call more beta traits is when a guy is too nice, to always trying to please a woman, doing all this kind of stuff. And that is called a beta trait because what it's demonstrating is lack of self-respect and boundaries. So you're not respecting your own wants and needs. Instead, you're putting her wants and needs above your own. Women don't like that, right? So that's an unattractive feature in a man. Number four is intelligence. Now you all might be saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm an engineer. I've got a big brain on my head. And women don't seem to be rushing to my door to sleep with me. So intelligence isn't just bookish intelligence. That's a very narrow understanding of intelligence. When I say intelligence, I also mean social intelligence because social intelligence is critical. Um, it's, it's, it's a, a kind of a political feature. We often say one of the reasons why humans have big brains, such big brains, because we have such complex communities, right? So we demonstrate intelligence by demonstrating social intelligence, understanding, being able to read social cues, being able to read, you know, when's a, a, an appropriate time to sexually escalate? When isn't it an appropriate time? Where is an appropriate time to make this kind of joke? When isn't it? And that's why making really big social faux pas can be such a turnoff to women because this is just one of those traits that never seems to go out of style for what women are looking for in a guy. And the fifth on this list might be a little bit controversial, but we see it over and over and over in pretty much all tribes, and that's a sense of humor. Now, a sense of humor could really be wrapped up into intelligence and social intelligence. Why? Because humor is very much about reading a crowd, reading people, right? Knowing when is the right time and the right way to tell a joke is actually a very astute way of demonstrating social intelligence. So you could theoretically wrap that up into point number four, but universally that is also another trait that women go for. So these traits, they may feel a lot softer than you were thinking, but oftentimes, you know, if, uh, you may think, well, wait up, women like power. Women, women love men who have money, right? Women love men who have money. Uh, and it's true, money can be attractive to plenty of women. But here's the thing. How can you have money without intelligence and agency, right? So money is a bit of an indicator or a, it's a marker point that you probably have a number of these traits. The same can be said for power. How do you achieve power without having quite a few of these traits? How do you have power without being able to read a crowd? How do you have power without self, self-respect? How do you have power without intelligence? It's hard to have power without at least most of these things on your side. And so we get back to my original question about uh, Donald Trump versus Barack Obama and who is going to be more attractive to women and the reason why. Well, it's quite simple. Uh, Barack Obama exhibits far more social intelligence and humor than than Donald Trump. They both wield tons of power um, and, you know, they're both presidents, so they're both going to be attractive to, to, to plenty of women just by that for those reasons alone. But the, one's going to be more attractive for those reasons than the other. 
So hopefully you can see that you have to be a little bit more, a lot of what we call alpha, we need to scale back a little bit. We need to think about what is the core traits to being human and recognize that different women are going to be turned on by different kinds of guys, right? Some women like the strong silent type. Some women like the party guy. Some women are gonna like the guy that's a little bit dangerous. Some women are gonna like the guy who's really nerdy and intelligent and funny. Uh, it's just different women with different things. And yes, as I said, there are, f there are five things that most women, pretty much all women are gonna want in a guy. All those different types of guys I just mentioned can have those traits and be wildly different types of people. I hope you've gotten something out of today's video. As you probably realize, I pay a lot of um, uh, importance to humanality, human traits, what right makes us human, what makes us different. And I think one of the things that's important to recognize is what is your personality. I've created a um, dating personality test where I basically look at 16 different parts of your personality as a man and how they're going to impact your dating life. So by going through this test, it's a free test you can take, and it's basically gonna help you understand what are your strengths and weaknesses with women? Where do you need to work? What should you capitalize on to get the most response from women? Go ahead and take that test right now. I'll post a link up here and down in the comments below. That's it, and thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash personality test to complete our scientifically backed attraction personality test, which will help you uncover the areas you most need to work on based on your personality assessment. Take care and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.